Hey, this is Pastor Madison. I am so excited that you're tuning in today to the Crosspoint Podcast. My prayer is that this word inspires you, uplifts you, and enlightens you. You can connect with Movement Youth on Instagram at movement underscore youth or the Point College Ministry at the Point College. Let's jump into the message. so much fun kicking things off and we just had an absolute blast seeing you guys. I hope school has gone well this week. Uh, raise your hand tonight. I'm just curious if you did bring a new friend. Can you raise your hand? Shout out you guys. Let's give a round of applause. I see that bashful smile, Julia. <laughs> I said I see that bashful smile. I love it. So a reminder, Kaylee just said it, but if you bring somebody new next week, you will also get a Four Queens gift card. So like if you bring five new people next week, you will get five Four Queens gift cards. Yeah, yeah. If you bring five friends, you get five gift cards. So um, have at it next week. But I did want to say last week I had Nevaeh up here. Nevaeh did a great job with talking about Speed of Light and everything she did this summer. But I just wanted to point out that Campbell Sampson, she also was a part of everything that Nevaeh did this summer. She helped her, uh, so did Riley and Annabelle with the uh, car wash. Campbell also helped out with the bake sale. She helped bake the goods, she helped package the goods, she sat with Nevaeh that whole morning. And what is so cool and what is so powerful is that we have generous people that wanna do it together. We have people who have servant hearts doing it together. So I would just encourage you, get your friends here next week because it's so much better to do it together instead of alone. Because I know Nevaeh probably would not have hit her goal if Campbell did not come alongside her and help her as a good friend. So let's give it up for Campbell tonight. All right, let's go ahead and pray before we dive into the message. God, you're so good. Thanks so much for tonight. Thanks so much for this opportunity that we have to just be in your presence. And God, I just pray that you would have your way. God, I pray that you would um, just, just take me out of the equation, God. Uh, just strip my pride, God, and elevate my confidence in you throughout this whole word. And I pray that the students are receptive and that they came hungry tonight and that they leave changed. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. All right, so last week we talked about diaper bag, right? And a woman who called me mama in an airport, right? You guys recall that. We talked about coming home and we talked about how it's important to have others that, that help us get home. And I told you about this girl that I met at this conference, this teenage girl who came up, she prayed over me. And she said the word homecoming. Okay, so we talked about all of that. And I hope last week you guys had a good time connecting with your small group leaders very briefly. Tonight, I'm like mega excited because you're actually gonna get to know them better and like dive into this message and be able to talk about it. Um, so one other thing that I mentioned last week, we didn't dive into it, was that this girl, she said the homecoming piece, but she also said something else when she prayed over me, okay? She told me that God wants me to live an overflowing life so that I can pour out onto the people around me, okay? And so this girl, she, she had no idea who I was. She did not know that I am a pastor. She doesn't know that I work with students. She didn't know nothing about me, but she literally prayed over me and said, you have impacted so many of your students already, so many of your students, she said, but you are going to impact even more when you are filled up to the point of overflow. And tonight we're gonna dive into that because too many of us are, we're not living overflowing lives, we're living overwhelmed lives, okay? And I am literally standing before you tonight saying that I got called out by a teenage girl, okay? So I, I have not perfected this. My life is not always overflowing. I am still a work in progress, but tonight I just wanna dive into this together because a lot of the time, the things that I'm struggling with, God usually wants me to preach on, 
and he wants me to work through this with you. So we're going to do that tonight. You got me? So um, that night, the girl said that. She said, you need to be filled up to overflow so you can impact as many people as possible. And then not only that happened, but then later in the service, you know, they, they had worship, they had a message, they had everything. At the end of the service, the worship team went up there. The, they were doing this worship set. And at the very end, they sang this line. And they said over and over and over again, they sang, fill me up to overflow. I want to pour over. I, I want to overflow. I want to run over. And over and over and over and over and over again, they said that line. And so I was like, all right, God, I hear you. <laughs> okay, I'm like, I'm not overflowing, okay? He, he, was, he was trying to get that across to me. And sometimes that can be kind of annoying when you sing something, like, you know, like a song or like a worship song or something, and you say the same line over and over and over, and maybe you're kind of thinking, okay, we sung this like so many times that the words are almost losing their meaning. You guys ever, you ever feel that? Like you say it so many times that the words start to lose their meaning. There's actually a word for that. I found it. It's called uh, semantic satiation. And basically it means that you say something so much, you repeat it over and over and over again that it begins to lose its meaning. And I remember when I was like in the fifth grade and I found out that this was even a thing. And one of my friends told me like, yeah, if you say something over and 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 over again, then it begins to like lose its meaning. Like you don't even know what you're saying. And so then I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna pick a word. And there was like, you know how you have like the alphabet when you're in elementary and there's like A for apple. I think P was like penguin. So I was like penguin, 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 penguin. And I kept saying it and all of a sudden I'm like, what's a penguin? Like, I don't even know because it was losing its meaning. And sometimes I think that we can do that with worship songs. We can do that at church. We can do that at youth. We're like, okay, I've heard this. I've lived this. I've read this. I've sung this. I've said, you know, I, I, I've, I know this. But then the meaning that it once had is not there. And I remember singing that line, uh, you know, fill me up to overflow. I want to run over, over and over and over again. And then I remember at camp uh, this past summer, we took all of our camp. Where are my camp people at? Who went to camp this summer? about people. So we went to camp this summer, and I remember there would be times where they would sing the same thing over and over and over again, and I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes I found myself getting bored. I'm, I'm a, I mean, I'm a pastor, and I was like, kind of, I was getting bored. I just wanted to move on to the next line. I, I found that the words were losing their meaning. And what God is teaching me, and what I think he, I, uh, he wants me to teach you tonight, is that in order to live an overflowing life, we cannot always be looking to the next part, Okay. Sometimes we need to stop looking, we need to stop striving for what's next because God has something right here. So before we even dive into the message anymore, before I even go further at all, every single person in this room needs to believe that God has more for you right here, right now. Because if you don't believe that, then you're not going to live an overflowing life. I don't even need to continue, don't even need to listen anymore. If you don't believe that God has more for you, then just tune out. If you feel like, you know what, I've come to youth for five years or I've been going to church every single week ever since I was little and there's no more for me, then you're not going to live an overflowing life. So right now, I just need us all to establish that God has more for me, okay? So God has more for you right now. And where you're at right now with God is not boring, even if it may seem repetitive. Like, you know, if we're singing a worship song or something, he's not just like wanting you to uh, sing the same line over and over. He's not just wanting you to say the same prayer over and over. He's usually inviting us to go deeper right there. But I can tell you right now that way more people are not going deeper they're not living an overflowing life. They are living an overwhelmed life. So what does a living an overflowing life look like? 
Living an overflowing life means being filled beyond capacity with an endless supply of God's goodness. It's up on the screen. Living an overflowing life means being filled beyond capacity with an endless supply of God's goodness. So Psalm 23, it's going to be the passage that we're going to dive into tonight. And in this passage, we hear from David, who was a shepherd, okay? He took care of sheep. Everybody say sheep. Everybody say bat. But you know what's hilarious is my daughter, Hazel. She's like starting to like bat when she laughs. <laughs> like she'll start to laugh and then it'll be like, bat! like it's like, whoa, like I didn't know that I gave birth to a sheep. Um, Psalm 23, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So like I said, David wrote the psalm, and he was once a shepherd himself. Like, he took care of sheep. But he knows that he's not the ultimate shepherd. Like, he knows that God is the ultimate shepherd. And he knows that his shepherd, he knows that God is enough. That's why he says, I shall not want. Like, he knows, like, God has got me. I don't need anything that I don't have because I have all that I need. And if you don't know sheep, you probably don't know that they do not like to lay down. Like, it is very, very, very hard to get a sheep to, to lie down. And in this passage, it says, he makes me lie down. And what it's saying is that a sheep doesn't always know what it needs and what is best for itself, so it needs help from the shepherd, okay? We don't always know what's best for us. So sometimes we get it wrong, and we need help from our shepherd. We want to strive, we want to roam, we want to wander, and God's just like, hey, you need to chill out. Like, you need to chill out because I have more for you right here. I have peace to give, I have rest to give. And then this next line, it says, he leads me beside still waters. And then later he says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So David's very clear. He's like, I know who's leading me. Like, God is leading me. I know who my leader is. So the thing we got to think through tonight is, who is leading me? Who is leading you? Who are our leaders? And then the next part, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and that's how it like they say, the shepherd is leading us. The shepherd is leading his sheep, but yet we go through the valley of the shadow of death. But there's, there's that word that says through. We may have to go through some bad things in life, even when we're living an overflowing life, even when we're pursuing the Lord, but it's not a destination. A valley is just something we're passing through. That's, that's not where God is going to keep us. And then later it says, my cup overflows. Overflows. My cup overflows. So that whole passage, Psalm 23, is talking about an overflowing life, this overflowing life that we are called to live. So it's not one where we are going to get all the materialistic things in the world, okay? It's not one where there's going to be no bad things at all that happen to us. That's not what the Bible teaches. But we are called to live an overflowing life that is so full that we are overflowing with God's goodness, with peace, with joy, with love, and, and all the wonderful things that the Holy Spirit gives us. But in order to live an overflowing life, we have to be filled up with the right things. Like, if you want to get anywhere, you got to be filled up with the right things. If you want to get anywhere, any destination with your car, it has to be filled up with gas, right? I can fill it up with water. I can fill it up with orange juice. I can fill it up with dish soap. But it is not going to get me anywhere, right? 
In fact, if I fill my car with the wrong things, it could actually damage my car. And so if I put orange juice in my car, it is not going to get me from point A to point B, but it is going to have that vitamin C. Sorry, I had to. I did, I, I had to I'm sorry. Some of you are like, okay, I get it. Um, uh, anyways, <laughs> sorry, that was, really, that was bad. Thank you, Tyler, uh, my husband. Um, <laughs> oh, but it's just like us, okay? If we are filled up with the wrong things and not the right things, we are going to have a hard time getting where God wants us to go. So step number one is this, start filling yourself up with the right things. And that is, sounds so simple, but that is step one, fill yourself up with the right things. So the first thing that you need to do, if you've never done it before, ask Jesus Christ into your heart. Make room for the Holy Spirit to dwell because there is fruit that comes from that when you invite Christ in. It's love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of that rises when we make room. And some of you are there. Some of you have accepted Christ, and then the next step is to actually make time for Christ, to make time for Jesus. And I'm not saying, you know, like you hear this a lot, I am not saying that you have to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. Some of you are like, no way that's happening. I'm not saying you have to get up at 7 or 5. Okay, I'm just telling you, if I got up at 5 every day, my husband can do that, I would not be at my best, okay? I w- that would not be good for me. That is not my quiet time with the Lord, and that does not have to be your quiet time. But there needs to be moments throughout your day where you are spending time with Christ. That might mean turning on worship music when you're driving to school or when you're coming back home from practice. That might mean doing a Bible plan at night, in the morning, at lunchtime, whatever works for you. Okay, there's different things that you can do to, to have Christ be a part of your day. It's not this, you know, you have to wake up early in the morning and spend an hour. No, like for me, I write to him every night. Ever since I was 13 years old, written in journals, every night to God. Every single day is documented. And I, and I write to him. I'm not saying you have to do that, but I am saying you've got to make time for him. Okay, the next thing that you need to do is you need to follow people who follow Jesus. You need to follow people who follow Jesus. This whole atmosphere is a great place to start. This whole place is a great place to start. And maybe some of you are like, you know what? At home, it's, it is hard. It is really hard. Because I am not around people who follow Jesus. And I, and I stand before you saying I do not take away from that hardship. Because I, I know that some of you have it hard. But I am saying, please then, lean into the godly relationships that you do have especially here, because every single week you have small group leaders that are going to show up for you because they love you and they want to pour into you. But you guys got to open yourself up and you can't have this perfectionist mindset that I, I can't I can't just reveal all my blemishes. That's when breakthrough happens, okay? You have to open yourself up. This also means following the right social media accounts, okay? Following the right so- social media accounts. It also means listening to the right music, the right podcasts, reading the right books. Some of you are like, I don't read. Okay, then listen. We, like, I'm part of the church staff, and for one year, we went through this thing where we went through 52 podcasts in a year, so one one a week, and we read 28 books in a year. (laughs) Some of you are laughing, like, that's not going to happen. That's fine, if that's not you. But I'm just telling you, as soon as we got, like, that year came up and we stopped doing that, I felt a difference. Because I was not feeding myself up with good stuff. we got to be feeding ourselves with people who follow Jesus. Okay, next, this might sound like a kind of a weird thing. I need you to be filled up with God's creation. Okay, he created the air that you breathe, the stars that shine. He created all the, all the wonderful things, the leaves that change, the sun that sets. And when you just take a minute 
just to, just to be outside, just to soak in God's beauty, it can change things. Job 12, verses 7 through 10, I love this. It says, ask the animals, they're going to teach you, or the birds in the sky, they'll tell you, speak to the earth. It'll teach you or let the fish in the sea inform you. Which of all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. When I grew up, I, I grew up in Clarksville. Shout out all my Clarksville people. And there was this trail in Clarksville. And I would, I would ride my bike like every day in the summer on this trail. And some of my most intimate moments with God is when I was out on my bike on that trail. Because I would talk to him literally out loud. Like there was nobody around me, just trees and nature and water, and it was beautiful. But I was out in God's creation. And the Bible literally says, like, look around. Like if you just look around, you, you can see me right in these moments out, just out in my creation, okay? Lastly, we need to be filled up with gratitude, okay? Not attitude, gratitude. When you wake up in the morning... Are you focused on what you're missing or lacking? Are you focused on what you don't have and what others do have? Because if you are, then you are probably lacking gratitude. You are not living an overflowing life. You are living an overwhelmed life. And the wealthiest people in the world are not those who have the most money. I don't know if you knew that. The wealthiest people in the world are those who are the most grateful for what they have. Okay, so step number one. We just went through all of that. That's, I mean, it sounds pretty simple. Fill yourself with the right things. That's kind of the easy part. Then there's a step number two, and this is the hard part. Step number two is to stop filling ourselves up with the wrong things. So I've already exposed myself. I already told you a teenage girl called me out, told me I'm not, you know, living an overflowing life. So I'm just going to be brutally honest with you guys tonight, and I'm going to tell you and share with you some things that I'm filling myself up with that are wrong things. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kind of pour it out on you tonight, okay? So, I'm gonna share some things that are keeping me from living an overflowing life. And the first thing that I, that I will share that I've been filling myself up with that is not good is myself. I, I have been struggling with pride. And it's not the kind of pride where I walk around and I'm like, I'm so great and I'm so awesome. It's like this pride in my heart and in my mind where I'm like being critical of other people or I'm judging other people. And a good indicator of pride is if something goes wrong in your life, who do you, who do you immediately want to blame? Because if it's other people, then normally you're kind of dealing with some pride or some insecurity. If something goes wrong, are you immediately like, oh, it's because they did this. If they would have just done that, or, or are you looking within yourself? Because that takes some humility. So for me, I have had to pray. I literally prayed at the beginning of the service. I, got, I said, God, strip my pride and elevate my confidence in you. I need God to strip my pride because Psalm 23, that passage said, the Lord is my shepherd. I am not the shepherd. He is my shepherd. Okay? So that pride, that pride that I'm struggling with, I can try and I can try to fill myself up with this pride. And I can pour faster and faster and try to fill myself up. But it is never ever going to, I mean, it might feel kind of good. Like I might be, you know, feel kind of filled up by it. So it might keep me around to just, you know, keep being more prideful, but it's never going to get me to live an overflowing life. Another thing that I have struggled with myself, uh, maybe you can relate, is comparison. Constantly comparing yourself to other people. And you guys know this, social media makes it very, very hard. And when I was in high school, I had this friend who started following this model on Instagram, okay? 
this model who pretty much wore nothing in all of her posts. And she would come to school and she would be like, oh yeah, this model posted this and she has this product, you know, this tanning lotion and this makeup and all this stuff. And so I started following this model because this model was gorgeous. I wanted to be gorgeous. I wanted to know what she was using to be so gorgeous. And every time I opened up my Instagram app, I would see this model and you know what? It added no benefit to me. It did not build me up. It did not fill me up. It added nothing besides making me feel worse about myself. When we are comparing ourselves to people, guys, it does two things. It either makes you prideful, narcissistic, full of yourself, or it makes you insecure and hate yourself. The verse says, I shall not want in Psalm 23. I shall not want. I don't, I don't need what I don't have because what I have is enough. So comparison, I can take comparison and I can pour and pour and pour and try to fill myself up by comparing myself to other people, but it will never lead to me living an overflowing life, ever. But comparison is something that I'm working through. Another thing that I am personally struggling with is filling myself up with worldly accomplishments. I'm an achiever. Anybody takes Enneagram, knows the Enneagram, I'm a three, okay? I love to achieve, I love to strive. So striving to be the varsity starter, I was a four-sport athlete in high school, always wanted to be the top dog, the valedictorian, getting a 4.0, posting a book, like all this stuff at times have been things that I have tried to strive for to fill me up. And it's not an issue when those things happen out of the overflow of your life, but when they are things that I am using to try and fill my identity up, myself up, that is an issue. It's the exact same thing with social media, guys. Social media, is, it should not be a place where you go to get filled up. It should not be a place where you go to find your identity, to get validated, to get affirmed. It should not be a place to go where you find out who you are. It should be a place where you go out of the overflow. It's the same thing on a football field or on a volleyball court. That should not be a place where you go to get filled up, to know your worth, to know your identity. It should be something that you do out of the overflow of your life. A place where you can use the gifts that God has given you after he has filled you up. So when the game doesn't go how you want it to, when you didn't perform, when you didn't make the varsity starting lineup, your identity is not shaken. Who you are has not changed because you have not filled yourself up with those things. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He makes me lie down. God doesn't need you to strive. He needs you to follow him and be filled up by him. So accomplishments, worldly accomplishments, I can try, I can even, I can go as fast, but it is not, it is going to hit my shoe and my shoe is going to be red, but <laughs> that's fine. Okay. But it's not ever going to live to, or it's not ever going to lead to an overflowing life. I also have some water, that's why. It's not ever going to lead to an overflowing life. Lastly, I struggle with trying to fill myself up with approval from other people. I want to be liked. I want people to see me. I want people to know me. And Tyler, we went to Warford College. Tyler was a, a junior when I was a freshman. Okay, he was a football player, thought it was the cutest thing ever. And he ended up making it on homecoming court. They had this homecoming court at Warford where the student body voted for a king and a queen. And my baby made it on homecoming court. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I'm like, I'm not only dating a football player, I am dating a potential king which makes me a potential queen. And I thought, my baby's popular. Tyler did not get king. Um, but <laughs> you know what, Tyler, you tried. No, no, 
on campus, but no, he did not get king. So fast forward to my senior year, okay? We still have the homecoming court and everything. And, you know, like I want to be liked and, and, I, and I make it on the homecoming court and I become the 2018 Warburg homecoming queen. And the thing that I once thought was so cool, was so grand, was so weighty, was so important, it meant absolutely nothing. It did not fill me up. It did not make me feel better about myself. Okay? And then last year at Warburg, they decided they, they don't, we don't even do it anymore. <laughs> so the thing that I thought was so, so important and so grand, they don't even celebrate that anymore at all. It's not even a, a award that they give out anymore because nobody cares. <laughs> Here's the thing. You don't need to be seen or known by the world if you realize that God sees and knows you. So PG, our children's pastor, he just got up, um, he just got back from Alaska. And he told a story about this lady there who does missions. She does camps to reach the lost kids of Alaska. And these kids are in villages with literally like no road that leads to them. And they're treated terrible. They're literally seen as just kids that can go and make money for their families. And this woman named Pam told um, the, the one that was running these camps and, you know, this missionary to Alaska was telling PG the story of this 10-year-old girl who was coming to one of her kids' camps. And like I said, there's no road that leads to the village, and so they had to take a boat. And they, they took this boat over to this place where they were having this kids' camp, and this 10-year-old girl was just bossing everybody around. She was just telling all the kids what to do, and you could just tell that she was a leader. And so Pam, this missionary, was like, I got to get to know this girl because she's, she's a strong, she's a strong leader. So Pam went up to this, this little girl, and this little girl just looked at her, and she said, I did not come here for this Jesus stuff. And I'm going to leave every single time that we have chapel because I didn't come here for that. I just came because I wanted to get away from my family. My dad drinks, and when he drinks, we hide. And I was sick and tired of it, and I just wanted to come and enjoy this week with my friends. And I thought maybe we were gonna have a good time, but, but the dark stuff, the, sh the shadowy things followed me here. And multiple times they had, to, they had to go out and had to bring this girl back into service and back, in, back into the chapel because she would try to run away. She didn't wanna be a part of any of it. One night they, they had a cross and they had kids come up and they had little you know note cards where they could write their prayers on it and the kids came up and they were nailing their their prayers up on the cross and every kid in the room went through and went up and nailed their prayer and it came down to the last boy and this little girl and the, the boy went up and he did it and then this 10 year old girl got up and she grabbed a note card and she wrote something down on it and she nailed it up at the
looked over at the door, and that's when I saw him. And Pam said, who was who at the door? And she said, Jesus. And Pam said, how do you know that it was Jesus? And she said, oh, I knew. I knew. When he stepped into the room, when his foot hit the floor, all of the dark things, all of the shadowy things went away. And then the girl said, and then Jesus came. He came up and he looked right at us. And he knew, he knew, he knew me. He saw me. Guys, we don't need to be known or seen the wrong things and by the dark things when we realize that we are known and seen by God. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. We don't need people to see us or know us because God does. So I can take the approval that I want Here's the deal. Here's the deal. When you let Jesus in and you are so filled up with his presence and his promise and his purpose, you cannot help but overflow and pour out onto other people. But it is only when you are living this overflowing life where you are filling yourself with all the good things that God has for you and getting rid of all the bad things, all the wrong things. Thank you. 
help but be blessed by it. They could not help but be drawn to who Jesus is. They could not help but be filled with the Holy Spirit. They could not help but see your fruit and want that fruit for themselves. What if you lived that kind of life? Overflowing life. And that is what the girl who prayed over me that night can you live and what God wants for you to live too. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Because there's some people in this room tonight who are not living an overflowing life. They're living an overwhelmed life and they're sick and tired of it and they want to be done with it. And they're dealing with pride and they're dealing with lust and they're situations at home and they're starting to just turn to the wrong things they're starting to fill themselves up with things that they should not be filling themselves up with but tonight they want that to change tonight they want to live a life where 10 years down the road people are still talking about the impact that they have had because of the walk that they had with Jesus tonight if that's you and you're like I'm done I want to get rid of the old life I need the new life or I've never heard of this Jesus guy, but tonight I want to make that decision. I want my life to be changed. I want to live this overflowing life so filled up with Jesus. If that's you tonight, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Raise your hand tonight if that's you. If you're living an overwhelmed life, but you want to live an overflowing life, there are hands all over the room. You can put those hands down. Raise your hand tonight. Just, just keep your eyes closed. This is your time with God. He's got more for you right here. This isn't something, this isn't a repetitive thing that we just do every single week. It's not something to go through the motions, but this is a moment with God because right now he has more for you. So mean what you say and repeat what I say. Say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for me. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your love. I'm sorry. I've made mistakes. I filled myself with the wrong things. If you enjoyed today's message, I would encourage you to like it or share it on social media. Movement Youth for 6th through 12th graders meets on Wednesday nights, and the Point College Ministry meets on Sunday nights. We would love to have you join us. Thanks for tuning in.